covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome in, fans of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast here with your latest edition of the final walkthrough. Alongside with my good buddy, pal, and co-host here, Jim Renier, we're going to break things down for you leading into this weekend's slate of games. Week five is on the docket. We're kind of moving right along with this thing here. We're seeing teams that are starting to establish themselves. We're kind of getting the picture on what the playoff scenario might be. There's still plenty of football left, of course, but early season favorites have started to show themselves. And uh, this recent slate of games coming up for week five might uh be adding on to those storylines jim how you doing my guy uh you you know how are things coming into uh almost to what is this like close to the quarter season mark at this point we're about two weeks away from that but yeah <laughs> uh, we're getting we're we're starting into the uh, my favorite word on the show the muck of the schedule uh we have a again we have top teams in the league and we have bottom tier teams in the league and we have the muck and the question is is unlike last season we have more weeks to decide the separation of these teams it's gonna be intriguing yeah we're entering week five the early season like oh we could take early season losses and we can build on that that narrative is starting to go away now what team can establish itself is carolina going to start pulling away from people is some team in the middle of the pack like a jacksonville like probably a columbus get back into the race or is it going to be a two-horse race between Auburn and Carolina and matter of fact will there be winless team this year San Antonio's on the docket right now can they get their first win and questions arise in Orlando they look they look better at home but it's sustainable on the road so week five is here two games on the docket one game tonight here on NAL, the Gunslingers are traveling to the Carolina Cobras 8 o'clock on YouTube. So it's going to be an action-packed weekend. Two days, which we love. We, we can watch both games without being like flipping but through channels. But right now, it's the depending on who shows up this week. San Antonio, two weeks off. Basically, they're restarting the new season. <laughs> so, right. yeah, but they, right. got, they got 10 straight weeks of action. Carolina, again. They have 10 straight weeks left of action, so it's going to be intriguing there in Greensboro and also looking up in Jack, up in Albany, excuse me, not Jacksonville. The Sharks are finding themselves going up against Sam Supernova from, uh, okay, Sam Castronova in the <laughs> Albany Empire um, this Saturday night. So it's intriguing. Some We're not into a point of the golf separation Saturday yet. We might be getting there pretty soon but it's too early to talk about separation Saturday. So yeah, week five is here, but I think right now we got to give our listeners who we think our rankings are doing. So yeah, power we'll, ranking time. Yeah. We'll be doing power rankings here. Just a heads up for the schedule this week. Again, as uh, we were talking, you got two games on the docket, uh, two teams out of the six, the predators and the lions are going to be licking their wounds after losses this week. So they'll both get a week off respectfully come back next week for week six. So you have tonight's game with the Slingers heading all the way over to Carol, North Carolina. And then, of course, you have, of course, the Empire getting their home contest after a week by with the Jacksonville Sharks. But it is indeed time for our power rankings. We do this every time on the final walkthrough. Got to give you our rankings for the previous week here leading into the next. So Jim and I have been talking about this a lot because there was one contest over the previous weekend that I think was one that we were on the fence about and i'll we'll leave it to it on that discussion but you'll notice in the power rankings not much sway if really any um Uh. we'll explain our places on this but you know there is one contest that some i think could argue might have been saying hey maybe we move up a lower level team to a to an upper level uh placing we'll uh we'll give you reasons each why that's the case but let's get down to the bottom of this list um, and mainly it's just, look, they've been gone for two weeks. They they're getting their first game back tonight to get back up off the mat and to get that first win, as you talked about Jim, mm-hmm. but as I'm going to place, and I'm thinking you are too, I've got the gunslingers still at six. And again, you know, I know we know San Antonio folks listening to this show. Uh, we have good friends that do their own show uh, outside of here with smoking guns that, you know, they really are looking to see this team continue to develop. You know, it's only been two weeks that they're in. 
Maybe this is their shot. We'll talk later tonight, but they're still six. You can't really move a team that's been off for two weeks and, you know, has not really many transactions that make me say they're moving the needle or anything right off the bat. Well, look at any power rankings that, or should say the coaches poll rankings in college sports. Teams don't get moved up or down when they're on the bye week, unless it's Alabama and Jimbo Fisher and, and Texas A&M. You know, that's an area going on right now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, uh, uh, it's so funny. It's like, you did it. You did it. You did it. It's the Spider-Man meme. You're both doing it. Let's continue. You, do you think that <laughs> – here's the thing. Who Who's the uh, – I'm not. who do you think off the top of your head is like the Jimbo-Nick Saban combo right now? Because like and if I'm thinking the, if I'm thinking last year with the re, with our league I'm thinking it's like Gibson Manas or something like that or like uh, maybe like for the Sharks Cobras it's like Rez and uh, Burley <laughs> and Burley <laughs> exactly who who be the Nick Saban Jimbo well I have to say the the Nick Saban will have to be uh, Gibson okay. uh, because of the longevity in the league and the Jimbo I will have to give that to Coach Rez. Awesome. Right. No. All right. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, just, that's a strange <laughs> little effort. Um, and yeah, um, no, no, don't say, oh, James, what about Jacksonville? No, it's not a reminder. Don't even think of that. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, uh, that's that's intriguing what's happening in college football. But yeah, they're pointing each other fingers. I'm just looking at the Spider-Man meme. You're both doing it. Just don't act like you're both innocent. Um, but anyways, right. getting into two. National Arena League rankings. Um, <laughs> uh, my number six again is, uh, is San Antonio. Uh, two weeks off. I really can't. We are, we've talked about them before over the last two weeks. And yeah, um, number six is uh, San Antonio. And I think our number five is similar. That's just me. Assumption. I'm going to say the Orlando Predators. Uh, they're, they're improving. Again, like I mentioned earlier on the show, they play well at home. Does it translate on the road? We've only seen the two – uh, road matches we've seen was a, a, a nasty, ugly fought win in San Antonio and a complete obliteration by the Carolina Cobras in Greensboro. Let's see if they can they can bring that on the road and they get some a couple more home games before they go back on the road stretch, especially in Jacksonville and in Columbus in, in the near few weeks. So that's what I got number five. Nothing really talk about Orlando as much. They're improving. They look better. Um, they ran out of time last week, uh, but they have signs that. They're getting their act together, but right now I got them at number five. Yeah, I also have them at five. Uh, you'll, like I said, you'll notice uh, both of us are kind of in sync for this week. Uh, for just, it just seems like things lined up is what is what's going on. But you know, number five, still the Predators for me. Um, again, another week, solid football, competitive. Mm-hmm. They're getting better. It's just that have to finish, and uh, in some cases, as we've talked, maybe just got to avoid the bad luck spell that sometimes happens when it comes to football. You know, you, you don't always get everything falling your way. Don't, uh, hopefully, they're not dodging <laughs> flags. Like, oh, right, right. Because because here's the thing: I could be because I also could be like Orlando hasn't had everything go their way, but I imagine folks just down the road, in Jacksonville, are like, hang on, hold my beer. Um, I'm gonna go talk to this man. <laughs> not only in the rivalry game later this one of our rivalry games later this season, but right now because. Excuse me, three straight losses we had, two overtime losses. One was a missed extra point, you know. But nonetheless, I'll still say it. Bad bad luck has had some places in this. And, you know, a team that I think is still figuring itself out. Um, as we've talked at length, quarterback position, you know, with Rakeem Cato, they've A, held on with him now. There's no switching around anymore. So they've decided and B. He's settling things in. So that's really good. And he's getting more and more in sync, finding his preferred targets like Larry Beavers is getting more and more receptions out of him as well. Uh, Lately, he's been coming up really strong for the Preds Uh, and they're getting back to defensive football that was making it work last year. So there's there's things that I like with them, but there are only wins against San Antonio. And if we're doing power rankings, you got to take all variables into account. They still sit at my five. You know, I need to say, hey, prove it. Finish a game against a stronger opponent. They almost mm-hmm. did against Carolina. They almost walked away with an upset. We would have been having a crazy Wednesday rewind if they had walked out of there two and two in the jungle. But hey, they get more shots to do to do it with other games. Um, for example, I mean, you're talking home stretch. I mean, four straight home games in five weeks. The jungle is going to be consistently getting filled up for this mid portion of the season. It's just the way the schedule works sometimes for them, you know. So. 
Yeah, uh, right now they're on a buy. Can't lo- they aren't going to lose to the buy from what we can tell. So uh, they're number five for me. Now here's we're, st- we're still continuing that. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, that's my inside joke from now on. I'm sticking with it until someone tells me like messages me exclusively and says, "Good sir, the the buy week joke died back like three weeks ago. You need to <laughs> you just drop it here." <laughs> For now, though, that's that's one I'm holding on to. It's my baby. Right. Okay. It's my, it's my little baby. Anyway, uh, number four. This is where we were hinting at leading into power rankings. Big discussion point this week, ba- mainly because of what we talked about on Wednesday. You know, Lions, and of course, they went over to Jacksonville. They got shellacked. Uh, it, was a, it was a contest that uh, was one, I think, a lot of pent-up frustration from the sharks that finally just came out against their, their longtime rival in the lions. Um, and they, they left, they fell on the mat and you have to, you have, of course, Columbus on a bye week this week, Mm -hmm. trying to figure a few things out. Um, Jacksonville still is my four though. And I can hear people in Jacksonville right now. We're pulling up the pitchforks. I'm like, now, before you do that, before you light the torches, before you come find me in the Midwest, let me explain my angle on this could be different. Than, than someone else's let me explain my angle they're one and three you know they've had close losses i understand that i i give them praise for keeping in with the moral victories but look you split two games with the lions okay to me i put this up as maybe you caught them on a bad night you get them in the shark tank you get a team that's ready to basically burst at the seams with just wanting their first victory and every team has an off night as we saw at columbus that was the off night of all off nights that you can have for an arena squad for a Jason Gibson led squad. Mind you, it is one of the big, one of the biggest, I didn't come to show up type of evenings that I've ever seen so far since watching the NAL. Um, I can't move them up yet. Uh, to me, that's a more, I need more data. I need more victories behind that. Um, I need to see what Columbus does later in the season, how they come out of the buy. So for now, they're still at my four. But if you want me to add a little nugget to that, that's a silver lining out of this right now, they're my fourth play. They're my playoff team that kind of encapsulates that at this moment. To me, they'll, they'll finish at the, in the top four and make the playoffs. That's where I have them, not in just power rankings, but what I see at the end of the season, just how, what I'm looking at right now. So a little more data is required for me to move them up, but it's a solid four. It's definitely a leg up on the predators and especially, and a leg up on the gunslingers at this time. Well, prepare your pitchforks, Jacksonville. Your own Jacksonville Shark fan here, Jim Renier, has him at four two. Um, ah! Yeah, same, same as what, same what, how you were mentioning about bad game for Gibson, worst team, worst performance we've seen Columbus do ever, probably, mm-hmm. maybe the twenty eighteen game, probably. Um, but they're two and one. They have two wins. They beat Jacksonville this year too. Um, but the separation between number four and number three right now in the power rankings are very, very marginal. Um, it's like that. Yeah. Uh, build up, built up frustration for Jacksonville. But the reason why I have Jacksonville playing three as the number four team, they had the tougher schedule so far this certain season. And they still got two tough tests coming up in the next two weeks. I have them at number four based on the same things you said. I'm not going to repeat what you just said. It just makes the podcast even longer. <laughs> But my, of course, I've just gave it away. Number three is Columbus Lions. Um, they're falling. The the number, they're dropping in the rankings slowly. So, so you know how the college football rankings, they have those points, like they got these many points by the voters. That voting margin is getting very, very, very close between them and Jacksonville. And depending on what happens this weekend, could result in a flip. But right now, I just think uh, Columbus is, you know, they – Three weeks, three ugly games. Um, one was uh, two of them were victories, and one was a slacking. Um, but two and one is better than one and three, and that's why I got them at number three in my power rankings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not much more to go beyond that. You know, I won't again need to see more more from what the squad does out of the bye. You know, Danny Southwick also, as we learned, was kind of thrusted in at the last minute too for that game. And mm-hmm. you know, again, lat arena you can kind of pick up a little bit more as we've been told off the fly for a quarterback but still you kind of need to have a little more time than less than a week maybe especially against a shark squad that has been close this much throughout the year yeah. you know some things just happened this is what it is 
And we heard some other miscues on the side that happened on, on the field as well. That might've attributed to some issues with how they ran, ran into some problems in the second half. Um, so yeah, we need a little more time, you know, yeah. weeks, weeks, uh, week six and seven, you'll, you'll get a little more data on them. We'll see how they respond. Uh, number three, or we said was the lions. Number two is Alban. So you're going to notice uh, not much really, like I said, not really anything changed. If nothing at all changed in these rankings, just, uh, it just happens to fall like that sometimes. Yeah. Number two is Albany. Um, they didn't lose the buy. So there's that. Um, they're going to be sitting here two and one going into this weekend's action against the sharks. Uh, they did get a nice boost back from IR. Kenneth Magruder is going to be returning this week. Mm-hmm. So for all intents and purposes, Albany needs any defense they can get to help at least uh, keep some teams at bay. You can't always outrun teams. Eventually, someone's going to be able to figure out what you're doing, and then you have to hope to God defensively that you're able to respond. But getting an all-NAL player back like Kenneth Magruder who in his rookie season really shined with the empire last year under Tom Manas, you know, they, they really needed the reinforcements. So this is a great get for them. Um, you know, for them, it's just keep things up. Uh, we're waiting for that matchup in early June with the Cobras that I think is going to be really crucial. Obviously this, this weekend's matchup, we'll talk in a second, you know, the sharks aren't no slouch. I mean, they only, the, the freaking empire walked away lucky to even get a win in the shark tank. Thanks to a yeah. mixed, missed extra point. Anyhow. So, you know, we could be talking about possibly switching things up next week, but they're number two right now. They by week, nothing happens. What 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 well else can you even say? Albany number two. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's it. Um, we both had the same again, back to back weeks we had the same power rankings. I I think number one, of course, is a clone, uh, Carolina Cobras. They're unbeaten. Yes, they had a scare in Orlando, but no one beat them. They're still four and Going home this weekend against a gunslinger squad. It's going to be intriguing between that and that matchup. So I have Carolina, number one, number two, Albany, three, Columbus, four, Jacks, five, Orlando, and six, Antonio. So that's my power rankings. Yep. And I, same deal. Number one is the Cobras credit again, close game did get out, uh, just by, uh, just by the scales of their back. I'll you know, do a snake <laughs> reference there. <laughs> it's, it's probably a bad one, but it's a snake reference. Look, they, they just got out of the jungle alive. Really. They get to go home to the snake pit mm-hmm. um, with so, some rowdy fans on a Friday night this time. Um, yeah. Something that hasn't really happened really much in NAL scheduling history. It's kind of a unique schedule this season with that Sundays, a lot yeah, of variants. We, that was something last week, you know, they played Sunday. Yeah, that was Saturday, some Sunday, people yeah. weird, you know? Uh, but yeah, I mean that, what can you say? It's a well-built roster. Coach Rez, more every week that he's getting down, he's getting better at the rotations of these players getting in. They have a lot of people they can rotate in and keep mm-hmm. fresh that are high quality, high energy guys. And it's working, you know, whether it's an off week or not, they walked out of the jungle, Orlando's jungle, that is, walked out alive. Got to keep that discrepancy. Remember, there's two of them, you know. I don't want to disrespect Lions fans out here. We got, we got two jungles out here. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, yeah. you know. <laughs> Tell you what, this week for them is, I will say that this week will be a test with the short week, but mm-hmm. something that is another storyline. And, you know, again, the Sharks and the Cobras, they're playing all 14 weeks. So they, you know, the Cobras are the top dog. They are the people are that you're going to be seeing are going to be gunned at more. Yep. Um, they also have to deal with being able to sustain with no bye weeks. So, you know, that storyline, the deeper we get into the year, the more we have to see how close are our games getting. Are we getting any injuries? They haven't yet. They've gone through four weeks. They've been happy to have no major injuries. Knock on theoretical wood because I have no wood in my recording studio. <laughs> <laughs> but something to keep keep an eye on that you're going to be watching for. They are the top dogs, though, in the NAL to both me and Jim. Mm-hmm. And it'll stay that way until something changes. So we'll, we'll uh, keep that status up. We'll let you know here if maybe they uh, do get upset because we'll we're heading that game till la- till the last bit for tonight you know for now we're gonna jump a day ahead let's talk about saturday shall we let's talk about going up to the capital region the mvp arena bringing the sharks up to the albany empire which is becoming i think rapidly in the last two seasons a little bit bitter of a rivalry between these two it seems like these games are you know it's it's kind of getting chippy uh, these recent matchups between the Sharks and, Co- and the Empire have gotten chippy in the two years. 
You can say that, but I've always stated this. A rivalry does not begin until the team that's not supposed to win wins a crucial game. Mm. Um, that usually when there's a heavy favorite and that heavy favorite continues to win, then there's no rivalry. Maybe the, the other team thinks it's a rivalry because maybe, you know, they hate it. They just they hate us because it ain't us type of saying. Um, but yeah, the two teams are getting a little feisty. But right now, I don't think there is a rivalry. I think both ownership groups are similar in kind a little bit. Um, they both build great rosters to start their era in arena football. They've won early, and both of them have gone through some adversity in their history. And Albany's a little bit like that right now. Yeah, they got the you know, bye week, but they also had suffered that early season loss to Carolina. A little bit adversity. Jacksonville, adversity already in the beginning of the year. They finally got their first win, and now they're going up the Albany. Here are my keys to the game, the victory. Again, mobile studio. Wasn't expecting it. <laughs> Quarterbacks are going to be key in this game, in my opinion. Sam Castronova and Malik Henry are two individuals who have impressed over the last couple of games. Malik Henry, a complete 180 from the first couple of games of the season to what he did against Columbus. Made very few mistakes, was throwing the check down routes, and was getting the ball on the right spot. That's why I think Jacksonville obliterated Columbus was because of this play. Can't Sam Castronova, on the other hand, the last two weeks in Orlando and in Albany, or excuse me, and in Jacksonville, he's performed like we didn't expect. Club, uh, Albany's offense completely has not missed a step. His mobility, the scramble, the buy time has given Albany's offense an even bigger threat. And, they, and the homeboy can throw the dart. And remember, if you're listening to this pregame show slash the final walkthrough, listen to yesterday's episode of the Turf Talk when we had Sam Crashman Devon to talk about his season and prepare for this week's game of Jackson. The key situations in this game will come down to quarterback issues. And, of course, it looks like Dangerfield will be out for this week's game in Albany. It means they get Antoine Graham back and Kevin Magruder, so they get a key addition back to that offense. So I look for Albany's offense to be potent as usual. And let's see if Malik Henry begins to learn and put consistent games back-to-back -back for the Jacksonville Sharks. And it's going to be an intriguing game, 7.30, or excuse me, 7 o'clock on Saturday night between the Empire and the Jacksonville Sharks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find this one to be, you know, it's going to be a battle of who adjusts first, who was able to take what they can out of that contest in the Shark Tank and put it to good use in this rematch now in MVP Arena. Obviously, for the Empire, they get the home field crowd once again. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, it looks like it, they're filling in seats pretty well there, you know, mm -hmm. moving it to where it's only the lower bowl, but it's going to be a lot closer to the action for everybody. going to be a lot more in your face with the folks that are there for games. Uh, I'll tell you one thing I got to watch out for here. Um, you know, I want to see, of course, with Magruder back, can the Empire show a little more defensive strength than they have in recent weeks with another one of their key members back on that squad? Someone that they can either rotate in or at least get in as a specialist possible to get in there. You know, Magruder was crucial last year. Obviously, Iron Man changes the game up for these teams, but even if he isn't the specialist, he's just in as a rotational personnel, you still want him in there as much as possible to give some reps away and get some people rested up when possible. Cause uh, I know like Darius Prince, of course, he's a machine. He's just out there pretty much as long as he can every game, but that doesn't mean everybody can do that. So you want to be able to have fresh bodies as needed. That's another high quality, high motor, fresh body for you that you're going to need, especially as you're pointing out, Malik Henry's getting comfortable. He's taken what he's getting from the defense. You know, he's rookie to the NAL scene. So, of course, he's kind of learning like, hey, you know, if I'm going to be an in-the-pocket guy, sometimes it's not always about throwing the long bomb up, as we saw at the beginning of the season. It is about taking the checkdowns, letting your guys work, letting your guys get the extra yardage if you can. You know, there are opportunities to make space in this game. He's figuring that out, it seems good on him as for the sharks i mean it does help when you have the league's leading inter league's leading defensive back in interceptions in kenny veal i mean what else can i say about the guy dude has been making has been threatening quarterbacks for several years now 
at that position and making it worth his while, uh, continue to do what he does best, finding ways to make your QB want to pull his hair out during a contest. Already three on the year. Uh, Sam ha- Castronova, Supernova, whoever you want to go with, you know, that's something he's susceptible. He is so far so in his time playing has at least gotten one pick a game. He is, he is able to read the pocket well. He's done better than he has last year. As we talked about on Turf Talk this week, last season was his rookie year. This year, he is even with a roster that is built with plenty of weapons. He's also reading the field better this time around, as he was talking about. But still has shown he's susceptible to one or two passes that make you go, ooh, that was a little close. I like to be careful with a contest like this. And that's kind of what got him, got the Sharks back into that contest in, in the Shark Tank a few weeks prior. That's why we went to overtime was because a few miscues at the end of the game, one or two poor reads on defense, and we got into an overtime slugfest that we weren't expecting, actually. So I think for Tom and us, you're preaching this week going in on Saturday, hey, finish your game. If we get up by multiple scores, we need to put these guys down by hitting the gas pedal and driving into the sunset. We cannot be sitting there. I'm going to just do this as road trip, at least uh, road trip terms. We cannot sit at the gas station and and wait around all day. We have to get to our final destination, which is to finish this contest. So don't be like week two, slow things down, finish your drives, minimize mistakes. Don't let the sharks come back in. If you're the Jacksonville sharks, get as much pressure as you can do the same thing to Columbus, try and get back there as much as possible. Contain Sam Castronova. Don't let him get too much out of the pocket. Don't let him get too much time that he's buying. If he does and, you know, make it to where you're blanketing the living hell out of the empire's uh, offense. Obviously Darius Prince. I understand that's a hard man to cover and Twain grant from what it looks like is back based on the injury report. So good luck, but that's your job ahead of you. It should be a fun game either way. It's the same receiving core and defensive secondary that's going to be facing each other. Grant was there with in Jacksonville. So should be a fun contest and match of wits, match of talents that are high quality. The Sharks are going to bring a good show. But, of course, we've got to do productions with all these. I still got the empire here, man. You know, I, I think you got a rowdy Albany crowd that's going to be there. I think that Sam has really taken a leap forward in year two. And I don't think you're going to see the same defensive lapses two matchups in a row from Tom Manasseh's side. Like, I know maybe some people be like, ah, you might be overvaluing Kenneth McGruder coming back all of a sudden. Look, you don't, you don't, no dude just comes in his rookie year and just becomes an all NAL player all of a sudden. Like, you have to really show out as a talent. I mean, remember this guy's story last year. He was one of the guys, came up to Albany, did a tryout. Tom picks him up off the street. Boom. One of the best defensive players in the league right off the bat. I mean, that, that is some wits. So I think that aspect alone, he has some, that gives him some help. Learn from your mistakes week two, but I think that it's going to be another close game, not overtime, one possession game, 55 to 47. That's what I got. So yeah, like not maybe so, one, one or two missed extra points. I don't know. Not so fast, my friend. Um, it's one possession game. Jaxels, I think, has made a turn for the better. They got one of the crucial wins out of the six-week stretch that we've been preaching about. But do they continue the success in Albany? Yes, I think it's going to be intriguing. Do I have the Sharks winning? No, I don't have the Sharks winning. But I do have a one-possession game, but I don't have it at that low-scoring game that you have just mentioned. Both these teams touch 60 again. 66, 62, Albany. Mm. High barn burner. Yeah, and I, it was it, close in Jacksonville. I mean, it was. But, <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't even find that score crazy because of how much I, I we've been talking all year that, you know, Albany's defense doesn't exactly, yeah. it, it lets you get scores. It's about, it's always been about how quickly the Empire offense can move down the field yeah. on you. And if you can get any chances of turning things around, I mean, honestly, you, you know, it's, it, it's not even fair to look at like week one's matchup against the Cobras because different quarterback things were a little sloppy. They haven't been as sloppy as much since then. So I don't know. I, I think that uh, 
I, I think that's why I also agree. With you. It's like, plus again, yeah. home crowd, you know, the empire fan base is showing out. It's another week they get to. So one of the main differences of last week or two weeks ago in that game was the mixed extra point in overtime. The turnovers were split two and two. Both Albany and Jacksonville scored off of those split turnovers. So they were even all the way through the game. It just, the extra point was the difference. Now it's a chain of, chain of the venue. Yeah. Does it mean, does Albany get the advantage because it's home and the rowdy crowd could, but also will Jacksonville not capitalize on the mistakes that Albany would make? Because in the end game, you're not going to play a perfect game. Oh, you're sure. going to have a mistake. But will Jacksonville have the performance like they did at Columbus where they're going to shut down that offense four straight possessions? I don't see that in Albany. It's going to be, let's see if they can capitalize off of maybe stopping one or two possessions. But stopping them four straight possessions like Jacksonville did against Columbus, I don't see that happening in Albany. So, uh, but I still think it's going to be an action-packed game. And the question is, is who capitalizes off the mistakes? Well, you, you know what? One other part we got to add here, and this has been a recent mm-hmm. trend since week one's uh, well, week one and two is kind of kicking woes. Things are starting to turn back around for kickers in the NAL. So mm-hmm. co- <laughs> another crucial matchup, Cody Barber versus Marco Roscoe. Who's going to be able to knock in the most deuces? I mean, obviously it comes down to teams who have the K balls and I'm assuming from what I can tell Albany does have them. So, you know, as long as you're able to knock those in too, I mean, Roscoe's come on strong since he's been able to switch things up and they aren't using the uh, standard throwing balls that they have out mm-hmm. there. Uh, three deuces in his last matchup. It's pretty good six stuff points. for any kid. Yeah. yeah. Six point swing. That's about a possession, a touchdown right there without an extra point. You know, in cr- close games like this, that's stuff you got to look out for. You know, huh. if you come, I mean, these two are pretty well evenly matched from week two. The kickers are becoming weapons again. Mm hmm. And that's 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 the benefit or or not the benefit. That's the joy of the National Arena League. It's kickers. It's just they're not just there to kick extra points. They're there to be used as weapons for deuces and basically switching the the side of a. Basically, you could say switch the momentum of a football game. Again, saw that last year with uh, Craig Peterson a lot with Albany. He turned a lot of close games into blowouts because he was making the field goals and he was hitting the deuces. And you gain almost two possessions if you keep doing that, and your opponent cannot match up. So, yeah, it's nice to see that kickers are becoming weapons again in the NAL. I love it. You know, every facet of the game, you got to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. No playoff for fans. It's always yes. a chance to score any single play. Final game of the week, and this is the one that's coming down tonight because we're saving the best, really the best for last and the most recent for last as it is. So the Cobras, they get to play a short week, a Friday game. Whoa, Friday. Wait a minute. I thought Friday. we had Saturday. It was all Saturdays. Where's where's my Saturday slate? Now, nah, this one's a Friday game. We got a few of them this year. This is the first one on the docket. It's going to be them hosting the Gunslingers. So Gunslingers are starting out now a uh, slate of road trip games for them. The Cobras are going to be the first stop on the docket. Uh, it's, I mean, quite a trek from what we understand that they're going to be yeah. doing just to get out there. Um, nonetheless, even with that being said, San Antonio had a few weeks off. They get to adjust. They get to prepare to get out there on time if needed, of course. Um, Carolina, short week, no bye weeks. It's still early in the year, of course, so I, I can't I can't be pushing the no bye weeks thing too hard. Mm-hmm. But, you know, short week, defensive slugfest against the Predators just less than a week ago, five, five days ago. One that did see, you know, some guys get some ding, some dings and bruises at least. No injuries really to report, but you know, some stuff like you know DJ Myers getting a knee issue. He's probable to play, by the way. So you're most likely going to see him out there. You know, Jonathan Bain getting knocked down a few times. Guys, it's a short week for a very aggressive sport. Um, I am curious to see how well San Antonio comes out of these out of these two bye weeks. That's my main thing. I'm taking away tonight. We know what you and I know what Carolina is. You you yeah. and I know what they're capable of. What did the gunslingers do out of this buy? We've seen some new signings. We've seen, you know, Robert Kent came in on a short week. Now he had two weeks off to get used to his own crowd. We know guys that are on there that can make an impact after we get some time away. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff to consider. I think there's a lot of question marks going in tonight, Jim. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks coming in tonight because we have 
me, for me and you covering this league, we never seen teams have back-to-back bye weeks. Basically, mm-hmm. you, they started the season, head on the road, bam, bam, home games, and then and then the bye week right off the bat, and then another one right off the bat. Uh, they got Robert Kent in last three weeks ago to play against Columbus, and he settled down, uh, settled down the San Antonio Gunslingers overall offense. Um, and they played very competitive. That game was, we say it was kind of ugly because it was, but they stuck with Columbus and had a chance to win the game too against Columbus. Now you're going to what we've already said tonight, the biggest matchup of their season. This is, uh, I think, one of three meetings, no, one of two meetings against uh, Cobras. Yes. They're home. Cobras are home. Yes, Cobras have a short by short week. Still, they don't travel. They stay home. So that, that benefits a, a a day or two on the road. I look at this game. I just want to see: Are we going to see guys that we mentioned before, like Creamer and Rashad, and get more? How can I say this? Get more cohesion with Robert Kent. Does the offense make that next step where they're not going two, three drives and falling asleep for two more? Will they keep the consistency that they developed in the, in the Columbus game? Do they translate that over? Just for the uh, San Antonio fans out there that are watching our show today, you're going to be going but gets a beast. I know a lot of people out there might be saying that this could be an upset for Carolina because they struggle against Orlando. It could be if the game was in San Antonio, the game is in Columbus. It's, I'm going to say it's going to be a very competitive game. I don't think we've, we were in some chat rooms and some board rooms where people are making fake uh, over unders and scoring lines where we're getting 17 and a half point favorites or Carolina Cobras. It's not going to be that type of game. Um, if he's watching the show, he knows who we're talking about. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I, it, I think it's going to be a closer game. It's because of Robert Kent. It's because I think now that he's had three weeks to work with the team, I think the team is going to settle down. They know their offense. I guarantee Fred Shaw knows his players now and signed a couple of other players on the roster uh, to fill holes that he thinks that there were holes and see if they can be more potential to be more competitive against opponents. But you're going to think it's a, a Goliath, Columbia, uh, Carolina right now. They are 4-0. They got in a little scared last week against Orlando, but tonight is going to be very crucial for the uh, Cobras and the Gunslingers. Does one of these teams get a one digit in a part of the record that there wasn't earlier? Um, but yeah, overall, I think the keys of the game, in my opinion, is the Gunslingers, I think, got to stay in the game. Don't make crucial mistakes. The same mistakes you make against Columbus and the same mistakes you made against Orlando will result in that 17-point half, you know, scoring spree or point favorites that some people have been saying. Because um, Columbus, because Orlando, excuse me, Columbus, too many dang teams I'm talking about. <laughs> Carolina has the weapons where they can pull away in this game, and they have the defense to shut you down. So for sling, gunslingers traveling to Carolina, survive the early storm, stay in the game, and when it's the game is reachable in the second half or in the fourth quarter, that's when you beat them. That's where you make the crucial plays to win this game. It comes down to Robert Kent. Does he keep the Columb- uh, keep Gunslinger's offense in check, matching blow by blow by blow for the Carolina Cobras? Yeah, I- I'm wanting to see, like I said, that that development that Kent has with guys like Marcel Brooks, Kali Rashad, you know, those two are really the ones I want to see if they are getting more on the same page with Kent, you know, mm-hmm. on this contest. I mean, keep in mind, you know, they're going to be these two, you know, Brooks and Rashad, they're going to be going against Myers and Ings and company. They're pl- I mean, Brooks and Rashad are two-way players as well. So, yeah, you know, they're going to be facing off with each other for most possessions. I mean, obviously you can switch out lines and things like that or players as needed, but, you know, by majority of the night, you're probably going to see like DJ Myers line up against one of these two guys, possibly, you know, or at least Ings line up one of these two guys, possibly. So they're going to be going at it. Um, in terms of Cleaver shot, I want to see if he continues to be that star player that is going forward for the gunslingers. He's really made an impact in all facets of the game. Probably not going to be much of a kick return guy. This one uh, with the whole K ball situation, switching around and Correct. the fact that it's TC it's TC Stevens. Kicking, yeah. kicking this like you're going to be going for deuces every time they score so 
unless it's a short kick, which is probably gonna be really rare for TC. Um, you're not going to see him get as much of an impact. Cause I mean, I was going to point out that, you know, Rashad in the early going, you know, I don't think the Cobras have Kendrick Ings, you know, Rashad's probably the closest thing in the league right now. You get to like a Kendrick Ings archetype in terms of like return threat, Agreed. return specialist, but not going to be able to use him much because I imagine Stevens will be knocking these things through the back easily the rest of the night. Um, but I do want to see how these offenses, how San Antonio's offense comes out swinging. Uh, for them, it's pretty simple. You know, obviously coin toss matters a lot. Who gets what? Um, you just got to keep up. You know, you have to play a perfect game against Carolina, as we've seen through the first four weeks. And what we saw last week, even if they're even if they are on a down game, you got to play a perfect game. This is the mm-hmm. best opportunity for you to take advantage of that short week. They have, of course, they had some dings up and we're kind of roughed up a little bit. You know, yeah, they're going home. Yeah, you had a long road trip to go out there, but you had time to get out there and you had some weeks off to prepare, you know, your opponent already, you can get to analyze your opponent already. Now, can you take that, put it all together and put it on the field? And Jim, I'm going to swing for the fences. I'm going for the upset. This sounds insane. What? Oh, okay. 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Look, and it sounds insane because it's the Cobras, but here's why I think the short week alone doesn't help them i think that having two weeks of prep i think having someone like kent with the pedigree has outside the nal Mm -hmm. and what he was able to do on a short week's rest against columbus lions you know they they almost walked away with that game in week two so i think with the time you give for the gunslingers i think they can come in and make some noise i think there's possibility to make some noise so i'm going to swing to the fences here it's probably going to be the biggest swing i have all season not going to lie, because uh, no matter because of what happens here, that'll that'll be another gauge, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, honestly, if I if I don't get this pick right this week, I'm going to buy something from the Cobras uh, team shop. I'll confirm that, too. That'll be my uh, little anchor for you all is I'm going to grab a T-shirt. Good old uh, good old Rob Storm over there. Coach Rez, they'll be real happy. I, they get my business if I if I lose if I lose this pick. That's what I'm going to leave on the table for them. Uh, but yeah, I, I think on a short week, I think this is the best chance the Gunslingers could have to take down a team like this. Um, they've also been slowed down in offensive production in recent weeks, so I'm not worried about, like, say, Albany, where you can just see them outrun them. Mm-hmm. So I think Carolina's been more showing more recently they're more of a defensive squad with a lot of upside on offense when it gets going. Yeah, I, I maybe call me crazy, but I'm going to go with this pick, and it's going to be one of the craziest ones all year. But the circumstantial evidence points to a possible chance for an upset in the snake pit. It's going to be tight. It's going to be one possession. It might come down to like who gets the ball last, most likely. Hmm. I'm stunned. I'm very stunned that you make that pick. Right. The only, like I said, this will be my craziest <laughs> pick all year. I'm just doing um, it. Am I that crazy? Well, I am crazy, but I'm not that crazy. Yeah, um, I mean, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm taking Carolina, but I do see this game as a very, very close competitive matchup. I think Robert Kent does keep this team in check, but I look over at Carolina, I see Jonathan Bain, I see Kendrick Gaines, I see James Summers, I see DJ Myers. I see him, Joe Powell. I see – I look at that team, I'm going – Exactly. I, I just – I just I see Carolina losing the game next week, but I don't see him losing the game this week. Um, I like Carolina, and I think Carolina wins this game in a very close affair. I think they went by a touchdown, possibly a deuce in there too. Um, but now I can't pick the upset, man. So give me the Cobras uh, going five and zero to start the season. Yes, Antonio, I know zero and three. What to do? Jacksonville was zero and three. Look what happened. Um, it's but yeah, I'm I'm not gonna go on the plank there and go gunslingers. No, 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 no. I'm going to kick you off that plank. No, call, I'm staying call, in there. Call me a sucker for the underdog. I'm just, I'm doing it. Hey, I'll learn my win. lesson this week. Either way. This is my, like it's, a, it's a win. It's a win. Win. if, if gunslingers, win, gunslinger fans are happy and they'll praise you, they'll love you on this show. I was, Oh, Zach is the gunslinger. Jim just doesn't like us. And if they lose the Cobras are like, Hey, look, we got some, 
perch from them. So yeah. Uh, so it's a win-win for the league. So look, I'm, me, all, like I'm, I said, I'm already looking at the at the uh, league at the team shop on the Cobras. I'm like, oh, that baseball tee looks pretty nice. That mm-hmm. might be what I'm <laughs> what I'm grabbing. <laughs> so trust me, one way or another, I, I get I get a dub. But yeah, I yeah. I will say, like I said, I think that this is the best possible scenario for Fred Shaw and company to mm-hmm. kind of get ready and do this the right way to possibly sneak a win out here on your, the start. If you can get this and start your road trip off the right way, you know, we'll see sky's limit, yeah, I, you, but you, I have still some question marks. Like I, like I you don't want to be zero and five going home in, in June. No, Just, I, I, yeah. I, I hope no team finishes winless. I don't want a new team. I understand there's challenges in arena for teams that mm-hmm. are coming up, you know, from other leagues like that. Um, I hope that that's not the case. So, you know, I think there's, and like I said, things change, you know, scenario, scenarios. Some teams have an off night like Columbus did last week. I don't know. I'm just, All right. I'm, well, what you, I, you're I, the one that picked it. Yeah. Like I said, I sound nuts. People will probably, people probably will ask me, are you insane? I'll be like, I am today, but Hey, this evening I'm with you. Gunslingers fans. I'm going to stick to it. I'm doing it. And I'm gonna be laughing my you head off. You're gonna be DMing me. I can tell. You're like, if, yeah. if if this starts to become a two plus score game, and like John the Bane's on one of his hot streaks, he's throwing like four dimes. You're gonna be going. You just send me a bunch of laugh emojis or something. Or some mm-hmm. no one used some uh some gif or something <laughs> out of the blue. Be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. At least I get a T-shirt. I'll be I'll be <laughs> sending you some dodgeball tweets of the Viper. Like, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy who does those type of things. So yeah, <laughs> maybe no, what you need to do. Here's what you gotta do. It's star Wars night. So you gotta mm-hmm. send me, you gotta send me something like uh Darth Vader or whatever, <laughs> you know, hmm. like there'd be something and, and, and there might be a little bit, a little rubbing on our Twitter account with that. If it does happen, if not, you San Antonio fans can rub, do whatever I'm here for, it, but I do not see an upset up. That's I just, rep you today. I'll rep you today. I don't see it. I just don't. I just don't. I don't see it. I just don't see it tonight. Now, if it does happen, oh, well, it does. Okay, I'll do this. Okay, okay. If upset does happen. Oh, so it's an actual bet between us now. Is this what if, I'm if upset does okay. happen? If upset does happen, I'll buy some gunslinger stuff and Heck wear yeah. it when I finally get it, when it gets to me. That's, um, that's what I'm talking about. So, but if Carolina wins, you got to buy Carolina stuff. So that's how it's going to happen. So, yeah. Fine. Sign me up. Sign. So, yeah. Uh, depends <laughs> on who. Uh, I, I I do need a good uh, a good uh, shirt to work on a car with. So, yeah, I can get the Gunslinger shirt. <laughs> no, no, look, no. Mo- I'll, mem- I'll, I'll, look, Memorial Day, Memorial Day is coming up. Red, white, and blue, baby. Get yourself... <laughs> Get yourself some uh, of the bride blue there. Yeah. So, yeah, we're uh, so we're calling this the betting game, the upset game. Why not? Uh, whoever, Why not? whoever wins, is, whoever wins, whoever loses is buying a shirt. So, whatever. A, fr- so, yeah. a friendly wager where no matter what, a team in the NAL wins our money. True. <laughs> Maybe or, I best- some, or, or I can make some calls to some people I'm like, yeah, like this. You don't have to buy for it. All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> May the best game plan win this evening. Yeah. And by the yeah. way, folks, if you're listening in this evening and you want to tune in for that contest and laugh at one of us or, or maybe just me, like I said, I, I'm the one, I feel like it's a heavy, the heavy underdog in betting odds. Anyway, um, that game is going to be taking, taking place uh, this evening at the Greensboro Coliseum there. Upsets nice. to happen. Just ask university of Maryland, Baltimore a couple of years ago when they beat number one, Virginia. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, tonight it happens. Tonight, Greensboro Coliseum, 8 p.m. Eastern time. You'll be listening to this show probably before. And if not, well, you'll know what that, what happened, and you'll just mm-hmm. you'll just wait for Wednesday re- rewind when one of us rips into the other or starts the show with a good laugh. It's gonna be coming up either way, possibly, most likely. <laughs> Finally, <It'll> be him. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, just saying. Uh, love you, love you, folks out there in Texas. You represent us. You represent and listen to us very well. We appreciate it. Uh, that's going to about do it though. Week's going to be coming up here. Exciting extra next week of action again, Friday games. Like it just like that. We had a Sunday game last week. You know, like I said, it's mm-hmm. not 
not traditional format. The league's shifting things up, you know, and we've talked about this in actually shows previous to the season where it's like, you know, maybe chopping up the schedule and getting people where you can view one by one by one. They're testing that out. So kind of applaud them for kind of trying that out this year. We'll see if that goes well, of course, locally too, because mm-hmm. there's viewership and then there's local gate. Very important in the arena scene. You got to keep that in mind. But I'll tell you right now, according to at least the seating chart in Greensboro for the snake pit, looks like people will show up for this Friday affair. Good. More money, more production, more fans, better quality football, and it's Friday night. What are you going to do? Go. What else is there? Well, there's a lot to do in Greensboro, but still, go support the Cobras and go support the Albany Albany. So go right ahead. Of course, throughout the show, you saw on the bottom of our screen here, the number of Greensboro guarantees there. Go call their ticket office, get your tickets now, or go to their website, buy tickets now, enjoy the game. If you're listening to us and you're in Greensboro, go to the game. It's tonight. Mm -hmm. If you're listening to us in Albany, there's a game tomorrow night. Go. Heck, if you're in the like, Tri-Cities over there near Greensboro, that would be that too, you know? I, I will go, but I got a life. I got to go to work. I got to do stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I'm just nine hours away. I, like, I, I, keep, I keep pounding the Midwest thing. I'm mm-hmm. away, but I love this. Yeah, league. I'm nine hours away from <laughs> Greensboro. I'm 23 and a half hours from Albany. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a trip. <laughs> a little bit. Just, just a little. A little. Well, folks, that's going to do it here for our final walkthrough. Be sure, again, check out the games this week or tonight, of course. Keep that in mind. Uh, always check them out on the NAL's YouTube page. Just look up National Arena League. You can find that there, the big old league logo, and uh, you'll see those live streams. Get a reminder, check them out at the times that are listed, or go to the NAL's website, nationalarenaleague.com, to find the entire schedule to plan things out. Uh, also, be sure to follow us on social media, by the way, at Pod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for yourself. Click the subscribe button here, by the way, on our YouTube channel. If you're watching it there, or if you're listening to the podcast, jump on over to the YouTube page. If you want to see our ugly mugs and hit the bell builds morale says a uh, fan of the show and a friend of ours in life. Um, Without further ado though, that's about it. Thanks for tuning in as always guys. Appreciate the support show keeps on climbing. We're proud once again to say we are the official podcast of the national arena league. It's been a great start so far, and we're looking forward to everything else that's ahead. Until next, until this coming Wednesday, remember one final thing that we always leave you off on. What? It's game day, baby. Don't be a jack out of the box. Stay tuned, everybody. Hey.